to the way they hate And I know better than to listen to the people who are calling us names I can feel the sun Well, good morning, everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, September 4th, 2023, and this is episode 511 of the Lots Project Podcast, where we're defying norms and designing freedom. Today's episode is titled Everyday Anarchism, How Anarchist Principles Influence Daily Life. And it's going to be brought to you by a couple of books that I, uh, I have on the shelf that I found... Um, are found valuable enough to bring with us in our in our minimalization. Uh, they're both small books, but I'll talk about those in a little bit. Um, through the episode, I will uh, be touching on five different principles of anarchism and then uh, dive into some real-world examples of each one. But first, let's grab that cup of coffee, catch up what happened on the weekend in your guys' life and mine, and then we will get to that topic here in a little bit. Good morning, um, good morning, Gingerbread Farms, and you are welcome for me working the holiday with all the slaves. Uh, I got a kick out of that when I op opened up my messages this morning, and uh, Gingerbread, or, uh, excuse me, Renegade, or, Brett, Jesus, it's Monday, guys, it is Monday. Oh, let's start again, Backwoods Butcher, been in the, in the chat this morning, uh, they've been waiting since 4 30 for the show to come on and uh it's not even six there it's seven so it's been a long wait and uh, hopefully i just don't disappoint but anyway how is it going how's it going happy labor day to everyone that actually has the day off um i i don't know if this qualifies as something that i should take labor day off or not so just going with it um got the show i do the show it is um Five days a week it's on monday through friday it really doesn't matter what is going on i think i'll just keep going with that i really don't need holidays never really uh never really other than just not having to go to work i never really gave two craps about what holiday it was so yeah and as long as i enjoy the work which i enjoy coming in uh, bullshit with you guys in the morning i will uh, keep doing it doesn't matter if it's holiday or not ah man that's good that's good. What are we drinking today? Uh, is um, a light Ethiopian from Food Forest Farms, and it is absolutely fantastic. Opened it up over the weekend. I finished off that, um, finished off the the pot of or the bag of FTO Blonde I was drinking, and switched over to this Ethiopian, and it is damn good. So I uh, I am glad I get to uh, sip on that all week. I have. Um, I uh, have that all week should uh, should last me through most of the week and then I have a stockpile of others to dive into but I think I've explained it a couple times uh, up in that cupboard right there behind me if you're looking in the in the video the top shelf in that cupboard so it starts about here is two by side by side stacked with pounds of coffee and uh, when I bring in the new coffee every month with my C4 membership I uh, I stack them in there like bricks and I take out the old, I put those on the top and I take the new ones, put them in the bottom, just like a first in first out rotation at a grocery store. But I mix them up and I randomly, cause Brian will send me a variety of different coffees each month. I should mix them up, throw them up there randomly. And then I just reach up into the top and grab out that next pound. And it's like uh, Christmas when I get to pull it down and see what I'll be drinking for the next uh, nine French presses because that's what I get out of a pound of coffee. Um, later this week, we're going to be talking science of coffee. And so that, um, nice. James is going to break into the dog blends tomorrow. Uh, they're fantastic too. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, I, I was able to, I was able to, um, come up with or approve, I guess, Brian, Brian did all the hard work of the Brian at Food Forest Farms did all the hard work of figuring out the coffee blends, but we made a, uh, a blend for each of the dogs, uh, Walter, Norman and Clyde blend. And then I came up with labels and slapped them together. And so, yeah, you should uh, give that a shot. If you'd like to find that, you can do it at Food Forest Farms. 
If you are an email list subscriber, he is he is the, the weekly Sunday email list sponsor. Um, Ryan gets a uh, nice write-up at the bottom of each of the Sunday emails, so you can check that out. It uh, actually features more than just his coffee. Talks about all of the stuff that he's got going on out there at Food Forest Farms with uh, their art and um, jewelry, coffee, uh, consulting, things of that nature. So check that out in the email. And uh, yeah, email uh, two emails this weekend if you're on the list and uh, you you notice that extra ones show up on Saturday. That um, that is something new. I mentioned towards the end of the week. If you missed it, I uh, I'm gonna start sending out a recap email on Saturday. Um, <laughs> on Saturday, uh, that has the five pretty much basically the five episode titles from the week before with the the link to each audio um a link if you click on the link it'll open the podcast uh just for a way that if you enjoy the show and you want to share it with others it's a simple way that uh, you can get in your email box and uh, pass it on to someone they can see the five episodes for the week and if there's something they like they can uh, click right there check it out and and hopefully become a listener long term but that was an extra email on saturday and then the normal um or what will become normal second week of the, the weekly preview email um on sunday so those both went out this weekend it looked like um looked like a, a decent amount of people Receive those and hopefully pass those along. Kyle says, hi, Corey. Corey is working away over there, um, trying to get caught up on Labor Day when no one's around in the office. Um, she shifted to salary uh, and she made the decision that this morning that um, it'll make her life easier. Log on for a few hours and, and get caught up when there is nobody there to bother her. Yes. When she's there, she's constantly uh, she's constantly juggling all sorts of different stuff, and uh, when she can sneak on when there's nobody working, it's um, easier for her. I get it. I get it. Uh, what else this weekend? Uh, talked on Friday about getting the Max fan motor changed out. That went real smooth. Um, it was just plug and play. It wasn't a. I was talking about how it was. I thought it was a. Um, rubber grommet that was holding that cord in basically um basically it was um two little screws in a, in a in a cap and it came off and then the whole the whole assembly or not assembly the whole wire with the the connector came right out through through the through the casing and was able to feed the, the other one back in plug it in and man the difference was unreal the difference in the the difference in the airflow with the new motor i i'm not sure what was going on with the old one i don't know if it got um if it just got dirty if it uh, ran uh, long enough that it's it's wore out i haven't had a chance i haven't really um poked into it yet to take it apart see how bad it looks inside see if i can um fix it up i don't know if it got overheated or something and some windings burned out or what but it was just um it was very weak and um man i could spin it i could uh, hold it i could let it get some resistance and then uh, let it go and it would go uh but it just never really would run um <laughs> never really would run again as fast as it should kyle's wondering if that was my biggest fan no our biggest fan is in in corey's room we have a we have a box fan in the bottom james is saying it's probably just dirty yeah that's the thing I was hoping before I bought this new motor was to um, clean the other one out. And when I got it half apart, I think I told you on Friday that um, I went to pull the motor out and I couldn't get the cord to come all the way out. I thought it was in that rubber grommet. It was just a hold down with two tiny little screws. And um, but I didn't want to tear it all apart or cut the wires or anything like that until I had the new motor. And so. Um, <laughs> So I, uh, yeah, I waited for that new motor to come in, slopped it in, and now I just have a, a share, a share, uh, a spare one on the shelf. So hopefully clean that up and um, I'll be able to just pop the fan open and plug it in and see if it works. I don't know. We'll see. It's variable speed. It's, 
it's a cool little motor. It was heavier than I thought when I when I pulled it out. It looked like just a um, just a tiny little thing, and I, I picked it up, and, and bam, compressed air. Yeah, I um, <laughs> yesterday actually we were blowing all the fans out. The fans in this place get uh, just covered in dog hair and dust and and things of that nature. And so yesterday um, I took the box fans that we have outside and like took the covers off them and was like blowing all the hair that gets up on the inside that you can't like pull out um and with how hot it's been the dogs have just been dropping hair like crazy so they're just packed full and so i was going to get the air compressor out and we have the air compressor for the car the by air um and but i had to like start the truck use the battery and all that shit and i'm like oh, i don't want to deal with that and so so um i <laughs> uh i was sitting there and i was like man i don't know i don't think i have like the gun for it and i didn't feel like digging up a uh, a lot of times when i need just air shoot air i have a uh, a valve stem that i took the core out of and i'll take the, the air gun and like you, you're gonna fill up a tire and i put that in there and seal it down and it just instead of instead of holding air and it just this can aim just like a little instead of carrying a second air nozzle and um <laughs> and um so i didn't feel like getting that all around and Corey goes well, why don't you use the dog blow dryer yeah we we have a dog blow dryer with us it actually it's um it's a professional grade that was like some industrial professional grade wasn't it that Corey picked up a long time ago uh to blow these guys out to blow out their fur to quote uh to <laughs> dry them out when they get wet uh so yeah we just bought grabbed that thing and away we went and it was just uh just as good as any compressed air and if i wanted to make it warm i could have done that because there's a heater on this thing too it's like it looks like a little canister vacuum but the the airflow goes the other way and then there's a like heater coil in it too for for the dogs kyle says i'd get a lot more su subscribers if i told people i was blowing out my fans <laughs> i blow out my fans uh regularly <laughs> Oh, James likes a valve stem idea. Yeah, it's it's a way better than carrying a uh, a second gun, as long as you can keep tabs on the keep tabs on the valve stem. You don't have to dig it out of like uh, storage. It usually worked really well. I I used valve stems for a lot of things on the farm. Uh, basically, uh, basically my go to for getting water out of a five gallon bucket um, without pouring it out. Like if I was wanted to do a gravity feed and uh, wanted to run some quarter inch line off of off a five gallon bucket uh just drill a hole and get that valve stem popped in there just like it would be in a rim and you take the core out and uh, a quarter inch line slide i think it was quarter inch line slides right onto the the tip of the valve stem and uh, then the water flows out it was the once i learned that making waters uh, became super easy you can do them um, you can do it on the bottom um, so they drip out. You can do it on the side, so you can uh, yeah, you can you can uh, have the line come out, and you're able to collect any sediment or things that would clog up your water system. Will collect below um, uh, as long as you empty and clean it out. So as the sediment comes down to the bottom of the bucket, if you put the the line coming out higher than that, uh, it it saves the junk in the watering system. So there. There you go. Your Labor Day, your Labor Day uh, homesteading hack there, uh, automatic water feeders. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess you could get a bigger you could get bigger valve stems if you needed a lot, uh, a little more flow. But uh, anything I needed for my chicken tractors, my rabbits or uh, quail, pretty much everything that we had ended up with a automatic water with that style, um, that style entrance into the bucket. So um real quick anything else on this list hold on let me pull it up I, I dropped it off here but um oh yeah Corey got her dry deck installed that stuff's pretty cool it's like a, a spun poly um mat it's uh interesting it's just got a lot of a lot of breathability a lot of cavities hey <laughs> it just springs back up and um and allows the air to go through sorry guys i gotta grab forgot to grab my notebook so I can 
I've been going back. If you listen to the audio after, if I guess if you're listening to it live, you wouldn't know. But uh, unless you listen twice, I'd appreciate that. But uh, been going back the last couple episodes and trying to cut out the cut out the internet pauses for the audio. So <laughs> that's where we're at with that. Oh, uh, we're up here 15 minutes. Let's uh, let's move on to that topic today. My internet is really really on the edge. This is interesting. Um, I have to figure out this this Wi-Fi in here and how it's going down. I don't know if it's. I can't really put a finger on it. I can't tell if it's the lap my laptop um, or uh, <laughs> or what it is. So, hmm. more testing, more testing. The problem is testing it live is always the the interesting part. So, anyway, let's uh, let's move on to the topic of the day. Let's talk about some anarchism. Uh, today, uh, brought to you by, and, um, I really didn't know what, what I wanted to do as far as a quote unquote sponsor or a, um, item of the day or what I wanted to do. And I was sitting here thinking about it and realized that I, when we minimized, when we kind of purged everything, I had a, I had stacks and stacks and stacks of books. Um, Corey had a bunch of books and we were going through them. And if you think about books and taking up room and taking uh, and weight and things of that nature, basically the thing you don't want. Maybe if we were carrying around bricks, it could be worse. Um, the fact that it's all available digitally and things like that really, um, really makes books a hard, hard thing to to um, a really hard thing to justify bringing. And so when I was going through them, we saved a few things. We saved some foraging guides. We saved some like real practical knowledge things that um, that we didn't think that if we needed a book, these are the things. Like if I don't have in access to, to the internet, what will I be doing? What will I be trying to do? I will be, um, I'll be trying to forage for food. I'll be trying to set up homesteads. So it was hard skill book. And manuals that we, we we saved not very many at that but two things i saved were these two small books and it's um they're based in anarchist and libertarian principles um one of them is uh anti-politics it's by sal mayweather uh you might have seen sal on unloose the goose or on his show um the the agora things of that nature but um Man, Sal's book is a collection of a collection of um, ex excerpts. I think most of them are actually excerpts. I don't think there's any full full writings in there. But Sal takes excerpts from great philosophers, anarchist philosophers, libertarian philosophers, puts it in there in the original text, and then comes back and explains it. Uh, and and dives into it a little bit in layman terms. So you get to read the original, uh, what the, the the thinker, the philosopher, whoever the, the 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 clips are from, and then he goes and explains it from his point of view. I really like it. It's a it's a really good short read. It's very good to pick up and just read a section. Uh, I picked it up first time when I got it. I read it beginning to end. And then, um, and then after that, I would just pick it up and, um, just pick it up and, and read randomly. So that was really the fact that I did that. The fact that you could do that, take 10 minutes and just kind of get something to ponder was great. So I put that in the other book that I, uh, that I brought along is another small, lightweight paperback book. Uh, the New Libertarian Manifesto, uh, man, it's it's it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, it's a it's a here. Uh, let's see. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold hold on. Got it. Got it. Um, the it's it's not just a um, it's a call to rethink the way society functions. Uh, it's a it's kind of a pie in the sky. I'm a, a pragmatist when it comes to this stuff. I realize that we won't ever live in anarchy. Um, we might, but it won't be the anarchy that it needs to be to survive. 
uh, well, we, I was kind of going to go down that road today a little bit uh, with examples of anarchy through history. I didn't really know how I wanted to approach this. I ended up going to um, going along with just talking about some principles and the way they're present in everyday life. But one of the the thoughts I had was to kind of go back through the anarchist societies in in history and really touch on why they work, why they didn't work, um, and and what needs to happen to make it uh, a viable model. And I think in my lifetime, if I experience anarchy in any form, it's going to be a la um, Somalia in the, the 90s and into the 2000s, where it was a power vacuum. When power leaves very quickly, it, um, the vacuum is going to fill. I think in order to have an anarchist society and a functioning one, we really have to understand that it needs to be a slow transition and it can't no one. And then that's that that's the, the complexity of it is no one's going to give up that power um, slowly. There's no never going to be an easy transition. And I think for it to succeed, the easy transition has to happen. If that makes sense, if that makes sense. Um, uh, Gingerbread Farm says he has a copy of that black book. Yes, uh, I have to uh, um, have to say that's probably the new Libertarian Manifesto or anti-politics. Anti Both are black. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And Backwoods Butcher says Michael Malice has a lot of well-explained content on anarchism. Yes, uh, Michael Malice is, is really good. Really, really good. Good morning, Blakesley Acres. Pip, how we doing? Thanks for stopping in. So... Let's get into the the principles of anarchism. Uh, just five five of them. It's just five um, <laughs> that I was able to spin out here, get on a list, and uh, and really really show that in day to day life, in day to day life, you're probably more of an anarchist than you think. That. Um, it's not the big scary word that uh, the media makes it out to. It's not. It's not Antifa running around with uh, red A's on their on their shirt saying I'm an anarchist. Um, that's not that's not what anarchy is. Uh, it is to them. It's been redefined. Uh, it feels like it's been redefined. Uh, words have meanings, especially when they don't want them to have the meanings they really do. So um, just touching. Just wanted to. Um, oh, the black cookbook. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, they uh, they they've really bastardized the word, just made it scary. Um, I'm not a communist by any means, but I think as much as it has flaws, I think it's very um, very much demonized without fact in this country. Uh, could it work? Will it work? I don't think so, but that's my opinion. But the fact that, um, man, you say the word, it's like a dirty word in your mouth. Um, anarchy has kind of gone down that road. Uh, the voluntarism is a, is a cute, um, way around that, I guess, is a, uh, is a word that you can use to kind of, not necessarily confuse people, um, just kind of fly under the radar, radar with the same principles. <coughs> kind of like conservative and libertarian. But anyway, principles. Principles that I'm going to talk about today, let me uh, let me list them off here real quick. I got uh, voluntary association, uh, mutual aid, self-governance, a direct action, and anti-authoritarianism. Uh, those are the things I'm going to touch on here in in the next uh, half hour or so. So let's uh, let's start with that voluntary association. That is um, that is one of the mainstays of anarchism, voluntary association. I choose, I choose who I associate with, who I don't associate with, and it's okay. It's okay if I don't want to associate with you. I don't have to have a reason other than I don't want to. Um, I think the way society has gone, it, um, it has really become bad you need a reason and it 
And if you don't want to hang out with someone, you don't want to associate with them, you don't want to participate in things that with someone, um, there is always an ulterior motive. Uh, There's that division. It's a easy way. (laughs) It's an easy way to um, divide people. Well, he doesn't want to associate with you. It's because of X, Y, Z. It's because of this. It's because of that. Um, I think if we just live with voluntary association in our lives, which we do on a on a daily basis, um, some examples that we can usually get by with without people criticizing too much is you choose your friends. You choose your friends. I mean, you can. You can. You can. You don't have to uh, have to hang out with people if you feel like you do. Um, then you really need to uh, to evaluate that. But choosing your friends is a is a, a prime example of voluntary association. Um, selecting hobbies, uh, activities to do. Uh, no one's no one's in this in this world is holding a gun to your head saying that you have to do wood burning, or you have to um, you have to do uh, work on cars, or you know any hobby you choose is yours to choose. Um, it's really something that comes along with democracy, I guess, if we go into that communism word that was so scary. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of freedom of choice or I mean, there's a lot less freedom of choice. And that's another thing that as I as I was thinking about this episode, as I was thinking about um, the the examples of anarchy in societies uh, instead of examples of anarchy in society, in everyday life. Um, it could have went either way. As I was diving down the um, societies that were anarchies in, in the world, um, I, I started down a path looking at why I was... I don't remember what I was reading. It was something when I was trying to decide where. All right, we're back. (laughs) It says uh, anarchists come from the far right and the far left. And I was trying to wrap my head around that. Um, I came out of the right and then the far right, I guess. I don't know if they were trying to pigeonhole anarchists as extremists. Uh, I feel like that I got less extreme. Uh, as I transitioned away from politics and into uh, an anti-politic role. But as I was reading this and I was trying to wrap my head around the, um, wrap my head around um, how they come from the far left when extreme left wants total government control. In my, in my observation, uh, trying to drive towards communism, trying to drive towards socialism. Uh, and in my, in my view, that would be, that would be exact opposite of anarchy. So as I'm trying to drive my brain through this mud hole of, of trying to figure this out, they said they they got there they figured it out like they they connected the dots for me and it it blew my mind the gymnastics they went through to get to it but they said the far left anarchists believe and i'm not sure how this would even play out but they believe that once they achieve communism or socialism government will fade away because they are no longer needed Man, and I thought that my dreams of anarchy were fucking far out there. I think that the reasons that I went down this path, the reasons that I uh, anarchy is so attractive to me, is the lack of government. Not the faith that we are going to drive to have so much government that eventually they'll just stop. <laughs> eventually they'll just They'll be like, you know what? This communism stuff works pretty good on its own. We don't even need to be here anymore. We'll go home. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I tried to read it and it, it, I tried to, uh, I tried to wrap my head around it and it just, I don't want to say it hurt, but it was really hard to read. It was really hard to make the connections. And then the author said that. And I was like, okay, we're going to talk about the five principles of anarchy <laughs> that we can find in daily life. Anyway. So the principle number one, voluntary association. You can join clubs. You can join. Um, you can join things that uh, interest you. Organizations that interest you. I, I think this has really been um, violated against. Uh, this has been. Then um, some of this has really been uh, infringed upon in society. Uh, one prime example would be something that I have personal experience with was uh, the Elks Lodge, the the uh, fraternal organization, the Elks Club, uh, similar to the the Moose and the good the odd fellows and uh, things of that nature. So I was I've been a member of the Elks since I was a, was a kid, basically, uh, man, when I turned 21, I was like, shuffled in. My dad was in the Elks um, my whole life. Uh, I was around the Elks Club growing up. It was a fraternal organization. In the name, it was a fraternal organization. It was a men's club. There was a women's auxiliary. There was a women's club. There were plenty of women's clubs in town. Uh, at some point, at some point, um, there were women that wanted to join the club. Now, here's the deal. I, I don't care anymore. Either way, you do you. But the watch the way that it was forced upon the membership to accept someone that didn't even the name of the organization doesn't doesn't say it doesn't it says brotherhood and i don't understand why there is a problem with having um restrictions on the people you want to to associate with um I don't know. I don't know. It's a touchy, touch, touchy thing. Uh, it kind of spun out in uh, across the country. And uh, man, our club, our club in Western New York was one of the the few the the few holdouts till the end. And uh, man, just lawsuits and and that type of thing. Legalities and government spun that out. And um, yeah, it it just never made sense to me. It's not a misogynist thing. It's not a women are horrible, women, women, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's none of that. But the 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 division has caused the fact that I talk about this and, and um, I am a sexist asshole because I thought that a fraternal organization should be a brotherhood of... Uh, you know, the benevolent and protective order of elves, a fraternal organization is what it is. I don't know. Words have meanings, but they don't anymore. So that is uh, that is kind of where government is infringed on a little voluntary association. Just a one small example in real world life. Um, Gingerbread says masonry was boring for me. Yeah, I mean, the elks was a place to drink, dude. Um there was a lot of there was a lot of benefits. I'm not saying that it's it's definitely um, there for the social interaction. It's there for the networking. It's there for um, camaraderie. A lot of people, a lot of guys there are um, single and looking for um, some community. It's community is what it is. And the fact that it was the fact that it was men only. It is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is let people do what they want to do i guess um so that's voluntary association mutual aid is another thing i want to touch on um mutual aid basically emphasizes the importance of cooperation helping each other um anarchists believe that communities can support each other out of respect out of um, a shared understanding that it that helping people helps you when you can help your neighbor when you can help your community, it it makes you better. It also, um, I don't know if it's the right way to think about like um, getting points for when you need some help, but you know, a mutual respect, someone that is always there to help 
when they need help, there is a lot more help that comes back. You give and you get. It's a it's a two way street, and I think the the philosophy of doing it locally, doing it on the community level, doing it voluntarily instead of um, funds being siphoned out of your pocket to inefficiently help people to inefficiently um, inefficiently achieve these goals when it can be done privately it can be done with much more efficiency and it can be done with a lot more passion because these people are people you know they're your neighbors they're your community um, they might not be your neighbors in proximity but they're your community they're the people that matter to you so you go above and beyond you give a little extra the fact that it's more efficient because there isn't 17 layers of bureaucracy and every $10 that goes $9.95 of it actually does something and five cents is to cover the guy's gas to get there because we don't want to fuck anybody over. But maybe he doesn't even need that because the thing he's volunteering is his time and his gas and things like that. We don't need to pay levels and levels and levels and levels of freaking government and um and or charities the red cross how many layers and layers and layers of people are they paying to help somebody so when me here wanting to do something wanting to help gives away my resources gives away my value to try to exchange that to give that to someone to help them it's just watered down because there's just so many layers we think mutual aid is a direct response. This is this is what we can do. Um, it's it's it, it, it's a way better system. Um, <laughs> oh, so mutual aid. That's one philosophy of anarchism: is we take care of each other. Um, it's not required. It's just the decent thing to do. I think when you're in a group of people um, and and things need to get done, I think that that doing it together as a group is is usually the best way to go. Uh, I think that works really well in in our communities that we see, um, like uh, the Living Free in Tennessee. Um, <laughs> uh, Living Free in Tennessee has uh, has the GSD crews, different uh, different groups that get together and they'll pound out projects at, at uh, people's houses. Many hands make the light work uh, or the work light, excuse me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no one's forced. No one's forced to do it. No one. Um, no one's requiring anything. And I think when it comes from a place of of um, of, of giving, um, when it comes from a place of non coercion, it's much more um, genuine. It's 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 a uh, it's a lot more effective. Uh, I'm way more likely to put forth maximum effort when I'm not being coerced to do something, when I'm not being forced to do it. Um, that the combined aid works great for everyone. Some uh, some other examples of those, like neighborhood watch programs, um, that kind of spin up, basically uh, organized by the community, not one by a cop rolling around going, "Hey, you guys should have a neighborhood watch." But I'm thinking more like uh, when, so when we were back in Minnesota, back again. <laughs> Uh, we lived kind of off this back road. We had three neighbors, mostly, most of the time we were there. Um, and then another fourth house, three neighbors, including ourselves, uh, that lived kind of on the end of this road. There was no outlet. Um, man, we kind of, we formed our own de facto neighborhood watch group. We, we, we knew who should be there, who shouldn't be. Uh, we never went and, and said to the neighbors, hey, we'll keep an eye on your stuff. Oh, we did when they would go out of town for three, four months at a time. We we verbally um, said that that, that was uh, what we were doing. But I think all of us individually just kind of kept an eye. 
we kind of um, had our own neighborhood watch that naturally formed because we want our neighbors to be okay. We don't want somebody stealing their shit. And we don't want somebody stealing their shit because likely if they're stealing their shit, they're going to steal our shit too. Uh, I think that naturally comes out when you have a close group of people that are kind of, we were bound by, we were bound by boundaries. We were bound by the fact that we had one road in and no outlet. And we just wanted to take care of the people that were back there. And that went beyond just security, just keeping an eye like a neighborhood watch. If my my neighbor, Josh, he uh, <coughs> he took care of my driveway in the winter in Minnesota for years, for years, uh, would try to pay him. He would take it begrudgingly. Um, was great to be able to pay him in meat, would pay him in rabbit sometimes, rabbit and cash. Uh, but man, he never expected anything. He took care of it because he was the right thing to do. So, um, mutual aid, it kind of pops up by itself. Uh, that, that, um, that neighborhood watch, <laughs> it, it always, it reminds me of how that naturally far formed back in Minnesota. So, um, food sharing, uh, food sharing, groups um uh, man like local food banks neighborhood food banks um non-sponsored food banks where um you know maybe there was a disaster or something like that or you know of uh you know of some people that are struggling to to have food uh groups groups voluntarily and spontaneously will come together and provide aid to people uh, let's move on to uh, self-governance at uh, at home and work. Self-governance, um, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Self-governance, you govern yourselves. Uh, we advocate, anarchists advocate for individuals and communities having the own power to govern themselves without an external authority. Um, hierarchies and, and, and power structures, um, they really limit the capacity of individuals. They, they, um, government gonna government, I guess, is the, the easy way to put it. They're going to, they're going to sway the population into the ways that, uh, that makes sense for the government. Now, here's the thing. Uh, like, I understand why it all happens. I understand why uh, why power corrupts. I understand why government does it, its thing. I understand. Good one this morning, guys. That's four. <laughs> I think Thursday we made it through the whole show with none, but uh, four blip outs this morning. This is uh, going great. Um, anyway, I understand why why they get chewed up and spit out. It's a machine it's the machine that the people that set it up kind of warned against. Um, I think if you go back and look at the founders and, and look at their texts to each other, I think there were a lot of varying opinions. I don't think that we were, we were taught the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I think we were taught very little of the truth. And as you, um, as you read into their concerns, um, I don't know if the country went the way they wanted or they suggested. I think a lot of them had a lot of good points. I think a lot of them advocated for things that would have been worse than it turned out today. But I do think that there was a clear ringing of a bell that says this is this is what could happen. And I think we're sitting in the middle of what they said could happen. Um, we didn't learn. We didn't learn from the people that set the system up. Now am I am I holding the founding fathers up and saying they are like um, the the greatest thing in the world and they were never wrong and were not fallible? Not even close. Not even close. Read what they said. Read what they said and and uh, see if you agree with it. Read the letters to each other. That was the greatest part about the whole thing. Is they had to write to each other. They had to write text to each other and send it um, on paper. They're there are plenty of these documented. There are plenty of these texts that you can read exactly what they were talking to each other, exactly what they were arguing about, exactly their ideals and, and philosophies. So um, <laughs> Pip says, we told you so from the founding fathers. 
Um, yeah, I mean, and and the people that got their way did not think this is the way it was going to go. So read it. Read it for yourself. I don't know. I can't read it all. I tried to read a lot. I tried to get into it, and I was really into it when I actually gave a shit about uh, government politics. And now at this point, um, I try to focus my energy on self-governance, on volunteering. Volunteer, voluntarily associating with people that I that I have things in common with. Uh, I focus my energy instead of uh, spinning out about the government, mutual aid, trying to figure out how to help if I can, if there's somebody that I can help, or maybe I need help and I need to figure out how to ask. These are the things that I spend my energy on. Self-governance that I was talking about, um, man, we we want to set up our own our own ways of governing ourselves and our groups and and our associations um co-ops co-ops are uh, are huge that way where it's a small group of people they they go by a kind of a um a, a consensus vote and and they make decisions on a small scale for the benefit of the co-op uh, goes down the lines to almost communism. But when we have the 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 voluntary association tied in there with a co-op that I can come and go, I can I can decide that this co-op I, I align with them. I align with their values. I align with their decision making. I align with their products that they're pushing out. Um, you can join that. You can be a member of it. You can participate in it. You can participate in the self-governance of it. And if it goes the way you don't want, you can leave. It may cost you. There may be, uh, there may be benefits and, uh, and, and consequences to coming and going. But no one is forcing you to be a member of that co-op. It's voluntary. And it's self-governing. It's weird how all these principles tie together. And they're all they're all a big wad and they interact and uh, intertwine and and benefit each of the different principles benefits, uh, making the other one stronger. Um, uh, Gingerbread says, I can't read at all. I said, I can't read them all. <laughs> can't read at all. Um, another uh, principle of anarchy that I, I think is important is direct action in society. Um, this principle involves people to take action directly um, instead of instead of trying to work the system, instead of trying to go through government. And I think this is where uh, people get a little queasy with with anarchy. I think this is where when it's misunderstood, when um, <laughs> when it's uh, when it's misunderstood. And taken in a direction that uh, this easily can and direct action. And it's funny when I was um, when I was digging into some reference on direct action, the only thing it kept pulling up was um, was like Seattle um, and Portland and whatever, um, whatever they were doing. Are they still occupying Seattle? Are they still occupying Portland? Uh, those whole things, those movements, those um, direct action. I think more of, uh, I think more people getting together to clean up, um, clean up a disaster, or people getting together, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of that mutual aid tied in. The, it's it's all tied in together. The direct action is tied into mutual aid. It's very similar, in my opinion. Um, cleaning up after disaster, cleaning up the woods. Walking down the highway, getting a group of your friends, and at the in the okay in the winter in Minnesota, the highways get horrific. Um, you don't notice it until spring. Layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of garbage get pushed into the snowbanks, um, either by throwing it out, it being in the snow, the snowplows pushing it over, things of things like that. Uh, Uh, there are plenty of um, adopt a highway, things like that. But there are also plenty of private organizations that just get together and want to clean up some roads. Or even a private citizen 
that just takes it upon himself because he walks down the road to bring a garbage bag and pick things up. That's anarchy, guys. That's anarchy. Government isn't doing it. Not on a federal, not on a state, not on a local. No one is telling anyone to go and pick that shit up on the side of the road. That guy, that private citizen, took is taking it upon himself, taking direct action to benefit his surroundings. Maybe you get a group of people together and uh, and clean up a pond in a park. The environmental is easy. It's easy to understand how the benefit is there. Um, there's other... Um, it gets it gets sticky. Um, that direct action is really used for social campaigns, grassroots social campaigns, public demonstrations for political change. Um, I think when when I was reading into this, it felt that there were there was a lot of there was a lot of taking pieces of the philosophy that fit your mo. And forgetting the rest. I think it goes back to the beginning when I was talking about anarchists coming from the far left. And it not jiving in my head and not making sense in my head. How how advocating for more and more and more and the total control of government pretty much. How that ends up being ungoverned. I don't get it. But... It is what is in the reading. It it, uh, it made me think. Uh, Gingerbread says that citizen is stealing a union job. <laughs> All right, yeah, we got. We're there. We're there. Backwoods butcher. My God, it's Monday. It's Monday. We'll see if we can make it through the week, guys, because um, this this first one isn't going that great. Um. I'll hit those principles and, and list them off again real quick. But I, I see some comments here I wanted to uh, look at. Backwoods was talking about people in Hawaii right now are sneaking supplies past the military. Yeah, not just Hawaii, man. Um, I was seeing some stuff in, I believe it was Canada, um, where some people are holding their ground. They've been uh, told to evacuate, but they're going to stick back because they don't feel that the government is doing what they, they should be. They don't feel that they have their best interests in mind. And the the community came together and said, this is bullshit. Um, we're going to figure this out. We're going to be our own saviors. Um, and they're doing everything they can against the odds of not being able to get in supplies. I saw a, a video where people were smuggling things in to people that had stayed back via boat and they were having to hopscotch around to different landings because the the government was seizing the things the seizing the supplies private citizens were were bringing other private citizens supplies and the government was seizing them all they're trying to do is protect their house all they're trying to do is save the things that the government has no interest in saving and if you think about it, why would they? They have no skin in the game other than a tax farm. But as long as they keep those people alive, there's going to be way more taxes. There's going to be way more. They're going to have to rebuild. As long as they don't lose the, the cog in the wheel, they don't care. They don't care. Kyle said that was in British Columbia. I'm pretty sure that's in Canada. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's happening all over. It's happening all over. Uh, you see it anytime there is a uh, is a natural disaster. Uh, it's way more effective. The 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 private groups are way more effective. Uh, if you can get government out of the way, it's a shining light for what anarchy can do. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think I'll ever see it. I can live it in my own life and uh, I can I can stick by my principles and I can evaluate where the the cost is too high for me. I know what's illegal legally on the books. I also know what I feel is morally right and morally wrong. And a lot of the times there there isn't 
a great enough consequence to consider what consider the difference. Uh, I think a lot of times we end up in a spot where things are illegal that we understand are morally wrong. Uh, a lot of times it has to do with things that are illegal here and not illegal there. How is it morally wrong? How could it possibly be legal somewhere and not legal here? Like, why does me standing and literally you can do it, you can go to the border of somewhere and say, oh, it's legal, it's bad, or illegal, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Okay, let me step three feet here. Same thing is okay. Um, I mentioned it before, Nicole Sauce was talking about um, like deer meat and handing deer meat to someone and saying, hey, there you go. I had a great harvest. I have extra. Here you go. You hand them a pound of ground venison. And, you know, the next day I still have some ground venison, but man, it's there to feed my family. And But I'm short five bucks. Now I hand you a pound of ground venison, the same thing I could have handed you the day before. And I say, hey, man, you know, I didn't have a great harvest this year. I didn't cut that second dough. I didn't fill the freezer. I could really use five bucks to, uh, you know, to to buy some steak to go in there. Now, all of a sudden, that meat is bad. Why? Because government said it is. That's the only reason. The only reason is they said it's bad. How does that sit with you? Do you figure out ways to work around it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the joys of um, the joys of trying to figure out wireless internet, guys. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Go with uh, go with satellite. Anyway. Um, yeah, government doesn't make sense to me. I really wish uh, I wish it could go away. I don't think that the outcome would be uh, good. I'm not advocating for the government being overthrown. Uh, it doesn't work out well. I advocate for each individual kind of figuring out in their own life how they can live their life as free and autonomous as they can. Um, you can do that by following the principles we talked about today. Let me hit those real quick and we'll wrap up. But we talked about voluntary association, mutual aid, self-governance, uh, direct action, and uh, anti-authoritarian anti-authoritarianism was kind of the um, was kind of the main overriding topic. And uh, yeah, so figure out figure out how you can live your life and be autonomous as much as possible. Uh, and, and, and really evaluate your morals, what you feel is morally right and morally wrong, uh, what you feel is uh, acceptable consequences for doing what you feel is right, and when you need to, uh, to bend a knee, because there comes a time that you might have to. And having those boundaries set in the, in the, in the ground, having those lines drawn in the stand, um, it, um, it is what it is. It is what it is. So guys, I hope this was a, I hope it was a good touch on, uh, on just the, the tip of the iceberg on anarchy. I tried to run through those and uh, it was a tough decision on which way I wanted to go. Maybe I will go that other direction and, and speak to, uh, to societies throughout history that were anarchies uh, when, um, when and how they succeeded and when and how they failed and, uh, and figure that out. So man, if uh, I hope you enjoyed it, like I said, um, and tonight, I just want to let everybody know tonight, I have Michael McGinnis on the show. He's an author, uh, really interesting dude. Uh, it should be a great chat. He lives in the jungle down in South America. He writes books. Uh, he's trying to awake, awaken the, the world. And, uh, you'll have to tune in to find out why lots to talk about tonight at 6 PM central Michael McGinnis, author of uh, a series of books. We'll talk all about them tonight. So join us 6 p.m. Central YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, uh, and participate in those live those live broadcasts uh, every day you can. And uh, anyway, we'll wrap up here, guys. Sorry about the, the internet glitches uh, for the audio audience. Hopefully I was able to <laughs> cut them out and uh, you didn't have to sit and listen to six spots of dead air. Yeah, we'll see, guys. We'll see. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at um, a post about it at the Lots Project 
com, along with all uh, our social media links and the services I offer. I appreciate it if you, uh, if you share it with your friends and be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and uh, we will catch up with you tomorrow morning.